Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Tonight we have a treat. We're going to be talking about our recent trip to Pakistan, and I'm going to have wise John come up here, and Jim Faber, Sydney Faber, and Rusty Jagger. If you guys will come up. We're going to be talking about what God did in our recent trip. And I can tell you this, I've been in ministry for 35 years, been saved for 38, and uh, this was the most impactful 10 days of my life since getting saved. Uh, we saw so many miracles and we saw so much amazing, um, so many amazing things happen that uh, you just can't even, tonight will not be enough to cover it. We could go for four or five hours and not cover it, but we promise we'll let you out in about an hour. So they told me I have until like 10.20 this evening. No, I'm just kidding. Now, they, we got to be done in about 45 minutes or so. But um, without further ado, we got Wise John. He grew up in Pakistan, in Lahore. And, uh, you know, this whole thing started because one rainy Sunday night, Julie, stand up. Come on, Julie, stand up. There's Julie and Jairus. That's his wife and son. They came here, and they were looking for a church. And um, it was a rainy night, and she had a friendly person reach out to her and make her feel welcome. So I'd say to all you people who are in, like, the welcome team, good job. Thank you. You do a great work uh, making people feel welcome in the church. So give the welcome team a hand. What do you call yourselves? I don't even know. What are they called? First impressions. That's what they're called. Shows how much I know. But um, just a fantastic. And so we, they got started here. And then uh, Pastor Dwayne uh, was preaching one day. And Wise came up with his father and mother, uh, John and Violet. They came up. And they talked to Pastor Dwayne, and they said, hey, we got this going on. We're, uh, we're trying to rescue some people out of Afghanistan, because that was right when the U.S. pulled out. And there was many people being killed by the Taliban. And um, we thought we wanted to help. So Pastor Dwayne signaled me over. We had lunch that day. And they had money tied up in PayPal, right? They had some money tied up in PayPal. And they asked us if they could borrow some money and uh, I looked at Pastor Dwayne and I said, we don't lend people money. And uh, I'm the CFO here and I said, we don't lend people money. That's not what we do. We are not a bank. We are not going to lend them money. But we'd like to give it to them. And so instead of lending them a smaller amount, we gave them a bigger amount. And we were able to partner with them. And we rescued 2,606 people. And they were on the list to be killed. The people that we rescued were either um, had parents or, or uh, spouses um, killed in the process by um, the militants in Afghanistan, and uh, we were able to rescue them. The, the crazy thing is we were able to um, help them now for two years, and we've been able to feed and help clothe, give blankets, and Bibles and bring salvation 
to over 2,600 people. And you know who made that possible? Y'all made that possible. So that's just amazing, okay? That alone is amazing. But you know, part of that whole process, we went to the first refuge house um, and this man came up to me. He was an older man. And uh, he came up to me and he had been a translator for the, um, for the U.S. And he was out. And while he was out, his, um, the, the militants came and they killed his wife. They killed three of his sons and two of his daughter-in-laws. They shot them all right in his house. He came back and then he had to bury them all. That's just, that's, I know it's a harsh way to start out, but it's just, that's life in Afghanistan. It's life. That is normal life uh, where they have uh, crazy militants running around killing people. And um, they killed his whole family. He buried his family, and then he was just distraught, and he had someone come to him and say, come with us. We're going to go to Pakistan. There's this group um, who's taking people into refuge, refugee camps into Pakistan. So he went with them. He ended up at our refugee house that um, is run. And um, he came to me and he said, he came with carrying this box. He came carrying this box. And I said, what, what is that? What, what are you doing there? And he says, everything in my house was covered with blood because they had murdered and totally um, just shot my whole house up. Everything was covered with blood except for this box. He said it was a pair of shoes that my son was going to wear in um, his wedding that he was supposed to get married shortly thereafter. He said, well, my son is gone and he'll never um, wear them. So I would like you to have these shoes. Of course, I started to cry and he started to cry and then we all started to cry. But he said, tell my story when you get back, tell my story of what happened and how the people that gave the money to, to rescue these people, that they saved my life. And not only did they save my life, he said, I received Christ, I've been baptized, and now I have a home in heaven because they gave. So he said, tell them all thank you. So from him, I can't uh, pr pronounce his name. Do you remember his name? What's his name? Oh, I, I oh the guy who gave Yeah. Habibullah. Habibullah. That's why I couldn't pronounce it. But he said, tell them all, thank you. So from Habibullah, thank you, from the bottom of his heart. It was a very emotional moment, as these guys would, uh, would attest. It was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, right now, we have continued to fund the refugee camps. We have a number of them at discrete locations. Can't tell you where they are. Um, but... We're spending about 10000 a month um, feeding those people. We feed them two meals a day of rice and chicken. And um, no, they don't get pizza and they don't get Taco Bell. But they get rice and chicken and they get clean water and they have safe place to live. And they have blankets and they have Pastor Dwayne every night because he preaches to them because it's translated up on the roof. They play messages from Pastor Dwayne that's translated into uh, Urdu and into Dari, Pashto. And um, yeah, so we've, we've been, that's what we've been doing for the last two years. So it was so wonderful for us to go there. And um, Sydney, if you would, um, hand Sydney the mic wise. There you go. Pass, pass. There you go. Sydney, um, when we got there, 
Oh, there you go. This was some pictures of the uh, actual rescues on the buses as they were leaving. But when we got there, I had seen so many pictures of uh, the kids. There was this one, one young man that uh, he had stuck out because he had this drum and I knew his story. And the first kid I saw was this little dude. He didn't know who I was, but I felt like he was my best friend. So I, I hugged him and he kind of had this like, okay, weird guy, why are you hugging me? Um, look on his face. But uh, it was just so great because we had seen him get rescued. We had seen him get help medically and we had seen him grow. And now it's been two years. And then to see him face to face was, uh, was just amazing. There's a picture of him somewhere. That's not him. There's another little boy in there. So Sydney, just give us your impressions of the refuge, the refuge camps and, and whatever you want to share. Yeah, so I remember when we first um, started supporting Little Treasures and started getting involved and the stories and the miracles and the healings and the ways that God was working would come in, I mean, every three days, at least once a week, we were hearing the story like out of the Old Testament, out of Acts, out of, you know, just straight out of the Bible. And um, you're seeing all these photos of the people um, and they just start to feel like family after a little bit. You know, it's been two years of sharing the photos with you guys and the videos of what we could share with you guys. And getting to see them in person, it was, it was like a second home. Like it was like seeing family. And you guys are a part of that. You guys partnered with them, with these brothers and sisters over in Afghanistan and now Pakistan. And when we all see each other in heaven, I cannot imagine the, the reunion that we're going to have. Like, it's, we are all family. You guys are going to um, just have so many more friends and so many more, just a bigger partnership in heaven because of what you've partnered with here on earth. And um, it, was, it was unbelievable to just, you know, go halfway across the world and then recognize some people. And the, it, was, it was almost difficult to um, connect, like the, just the, there were so many cultural um, boundaries almost. Like, I don't know if I can touch you. I don't know if I can hug you. You know, there's so many things that you don't want to dishonor them. You don't want to disrespect. But when we got there, the only thing that we had to connect with was the gospel. And that was enough. That was all we needed to connect and, um, you know, cry over... Um, things that they had been through um, and then cry over God, how God had worked in their lives and the healings and things that they've seen um, and the ways that we've been able to partner with them. It was, that was all that was needed was the gospel. So, Wise, do you want to talk about uh, how many camps we have and um, kind of the, the partnership that we have? Yeah, so we have 15 camps uh, scattered in all over the Pakistan which are housing 2,606 people. And um, every day, like Pastor Bernie shared, they're getting fed. Uh, but most importantly, I think uh, they, are also, they are like receiving the word of God because majority of them are non-believers. And when we were pulling them out, uh, it was not like we are only going to rescue Christians, but this rescue operation was for everyone who was on the target list of Taliban's. So we are so uh, grateful to God for this opportunity that we didn't just rescue them out of danger, but we 
brought them to freedom in Jesus Christ because now they know the Lord. They are growing in the Lord. Their faith has been increased and they are experiencing miracles uh, by just praying for each other. So it's really beautiful to go uh, in this brothers and sisters and to hear from their own mouths that how a big impact you have created by sharing the love of Christ, by sharing Jesus with them. I think nothing can replace that, like when you have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Uh, one of the other things that Wise and his team over there are doing is getting involved in the slum areas and uh, people living in garbage dumps and that kind of stuff. And uh, we went there on one of the days, and that's when I found out what a field promotion was. <laughs> Bernie has been doing all the speaking, and then when we get there, he wasn't feeling well, so he says, Jim, you're up. Let's go. So we've been listening to the people a little bit, and they talk about their God and what their God has not done for them and how they've been disappointed in their God. And um, we, we kind of got together and talked about it a little bit. And I said, okay, we're going to talk about the one true living God and his son, Jesus Christ, and what he has done for us. And we don't have to do anything for him. So that's kind of what we went in with in preaching the gospel was talking about the one true living God. And Jesus died on the cross and what he's done for us, and we can have a relationship th with God through Jesus Christ. And you know, I took five or ten minutes, probably ten minutes with a translator to do that, so it was pretty short, really short to the point. Um, we had several people come up to us afterward and say things like, I feel clean on the inside for the first time. I feel refreshed. I have joy now. I have hope and we were supposed to go to one, there's different areas within the, within the slums, and we went to one area, and a different group found out what we were doing and wanted to hear us talk over there too. So we packed up, went to the second group, uh, shared the same message, sh shared the gospel message, and we heard the same thing. Several people raised their hand to, to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and we heard the same stories, I feel clean on the inside, uh, I feel refreshed, I feel new. One woman had a 18-month, maybe two-year-old son with her that she came up to me and handed me a bottle and said, uh, this was a bottle of poison that I was going to give to my son and take tonight because living in this mess is, is unbearable and I was going to take my life and my son's life and just be done with it all. But because of what you said, because of the gospel, I feel new on the inside. I gave my life to Jesus, and I have hope, and I have joy now. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. That's what the gospel can do. Um, along with that, there's been follow-up by Wise's team. And we just, I just heard a story this morning that I'm going to try and remember all the details, and so I've got written down here. They have gone back and been working with the people, teaching them to pray, teaching them what it means to pray, who they're talking to, teaching them about healing. Uh, and there is this man named Rashi, who is one of the leaders of the clan, who has been involved. One of the things they do over there is abduct kids and sell them for various reasons that we're not going to get into, but that's what he was involved with. He became sick, 
to the point where he was throwing up blood. So he couldn't get up, couldn't move, was just not doing well at all. And his daughter, when we were over there, gave her life to the Lord, and she's been learning about prayer and learning about healing, and she thinks, I'm going to pray for my dad. Not just for his healing, but for his salvation too. So she prays. Within a half an hour, his symptoms are gone. He's up walking around, and he tells the story that uh, he felt like someone reached a hand on the inside of his heart, pulled out an old heart, and put in a new heart, and he wanted to know what that was. So... Uh, they shared the gospel with him. He repented, gave his life to the Lord, and he, and he got baptized today. So, fantastic. Praise the Lord. Yes, amen. So, um, we also got an opportunity to take the gospel to a couple of brick kilns. Uh, and brick kilns are really uh, popular in Pakistan because all the construction in the country, bricks is the main component for that. So there is over 16,500 brick kilns scattered in all, all over the Pakistan. And people who make bricks inside, they are slaves. Uh, they've been kept for like so many reasons, but one of the thing uh, why they are slaves there because they take either small loans from these loan sharks, and when they couldn't pay on time, these loan sharks send their like thugs basically, and they take the family out of their homes and keep them captives on the brick kilns, and these slaves work over 12 hours to meet their daily quota, which is 1,000 bricks a day. And if they don't meet their daily quota, they don't get fed, they don't get water. And if they are sick or for some various reason, like they couldn't make bricks, then like they get penalty. And that is like the kiln owner or his manager, they take your children away from you or they take your wife away from the husbands and they like abuse them, they do the organ trafficking there too with these women and children. And so there is like no way out for the slaves and we met many of these slaves who are been working on these brick kilns from three generations. There some, we met a, a young man whose great grandfather took a loan of $8, which now the third generation is still paying. And more than that, like, they never have access to the gospel. And these kilns are really difficult to reach because they are hard to get in. And if you're able to get into these places, it's extremely difficult to talk about Jesus because it's a Muslim country. And it's the second largest Muslim country in the world. So it's really difficult to talk about Jesus in such, um, like such places. But we are really grateful to God for this opportunity we received. We took the gospel uh, to these 45 families who were, um, who were stuck on these brick kilns and never heard Jesus before, um, even heard the word Jesus before. So we gathered them at a place and uh, Pastor Bernie shared the gospel. My father translated the word and it was really special like because I was watching all these people closely to see their 
faces been lit up because they never had hope before. They were all basically living in uh, extreme horror. They don't know when the kiln owner is going to come and take their wives or children, or even if they are going to eat food today. Um, it was pretty uh, miserable, the conditions they live in. So this was like a wedding day for them. It was a big deal that they did not work that day because we paid, uh, we paid a good amount of money to brick an owner to give the freedom to his slaves for one day so they don't have to work one day. So all these people, they wear the best clothes they have because they knew that they are going to meet someone special today. But they didn't know that that someone special is Jesus because... When we introduced Jesus to them, almost all these 40 families, over 150 people, they raised their hands and they received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So after we got done speaking with them and, and sharing the gospel with them, we also talked to them about baptism. And there were so many of them that said, well, hey, can we do that? And we just kind of looked at each other and like, well, I guess so. It wasn't part of the plan. But we asked them if they had any, any water around. So they found, um, it's called a tube well, right? A tube well. And this is a, a pump station that the brick, owner, brick kiln owner uses to fill up a pool. And then that pool drains into all of the little channel ways into the rice paddies to, to feed or to supply water to the rice that they grow all around the kilns there that they use for feeding the people. So they, we had to pay him to turn the pump on. Of course, he wants money for everything. Um, but they turned the pump on, so we had this little pool of water to use, and uh, they just lined up. There's a um, little stairs going down into the water, and, and it's not used very often for getting into, so they're kind of slippery and, and slimy, so we, we had a little bit of challenge getting in and then helping them in without falling and everything. But it was, it was fun, and it worked very well, but they just kept coming. And there was one lady that uh, we didn't find out about this until about a week later when she, she opened up to... Yes, part of Wise's team, but her name is um, Kinza. And Kinza had the issue of blood like the woman in the Bible who touched Jesus' hem. And uh, when she got baptized, it was actually a little bit of a challenge to baptize her because she kept resisting us. And uh, finally, we, we, we baptized her. And... <laughs> she was nervous. She was just nervous. <laughs> um, so we baptized her, and when she got out, after she had opened up to Wise's team a week later, she, she told us that um, when she got out, she, had a cool, she felt a cool breeze come over her whole body, and she hasn't had an, the issue of bleeding since. Wow. Thank you, Lord. And all her pain was gone, too. And all her pain was gone. She had bad abdominal pain for, for weeks and weeks, and I believe... Her mother was trying to get the kiln owner to give her medical attention, and he kept refusing. But now he doesn't need to. But now he doesn't need to. <laughs> Dr. Jesus took care of it. Uh, the, one of the things we did is, as we continued to um, travel through the brick kiln, we visited about a dozen homes of people. And the one home we went to, was his name was Safdar. And Safdar was chained to his bed. 
because he had been sick and wasn't able to do, um, wasn't able to do any um, work. So they took his wife and children away, and they threatened to sell them to another kiln, um, and they chained him up, didn't give him food or water. There's the chain. And uh, he, when we got there, he hadn't eaten or drank any water for about a day and a half, so we gave him some water. And this is the one that um, Russ and I right there are praying for. And um, when we were done praying, we were going to leave, and he threw himself um, around my feet and uh, put his head on my feet and begged me. He said, do not leave me here. They're going to kill me. And please, do get me out of here. And uh, I don't know if you've... If you've ever had anything like that, but I was a mess. Um, I uh, didn't know what to do, so I just said to him, I said, I don't know what it's going to take, Safdar, but we will get you out of here. I don't know what we have to do, uh, but I made him a promise. I said, we'll be back. And uh, so then a couple days later... Um, I was talking with Russ and Jim, and I said, what are we going to do? How much is that going to take? We didn't know how much it was going to take, but uh, we agreed that uh, it was worth it. So uh, I'm not going to say how much it was, but it was more than what we thought, and <laughs> but well worth it. And um, so we were able to um, pay off his debt and set him free. Now, he had been grandfather, father, him and his children, and when we were done, he gave me this brick. This is a brick that Safdar made, and it represents three generations of people that were slaves because of a bad system, and they were slaves, and they were not only set free as people from their slavery, but they were also set free because they received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And that's them in their new house. It's a 15 by 15 room, so don't get any funny ideas. It's not exactly a mansion, but they were living in a mud hut with muddy, with muddy floors and animals with them. So this is a mansion compared to what they had. They have their own stove. That's that LP tank right there. Their own food, so they don't have to wonder if they're going to eat from day to day. He has a donkey and a cart, and he's selling fruits and vegetables. This is the guy that we, that we talked about this morning, and his name is Safdar, his wife wife and their two children and he's free today because we went there and this is his story and it's the story of freedom in Christ but not just freedom in Christ but freedom from uh, uh, generations of oppression it was a when when I say abuse this is worse abuse than anything I've ever um, even read about um, where they're taking children and like children die. Um, one of the ladies, her daughter, was was um, sexually abused by one of the managers, and she died. And they just don't do anything about it. There's no repercussions. There's no uh, there's no police. There's no law. She was only twelve years old. And that's the woman that gave. Uh, a baby to me and I thought she just wanted me to pray for her baby and no she wanted me to take her baby back to America 
And I'm like, I can't take your baby. This, it, it won't work. So I hand her back and then she hands, him, hands the baby to Russ. And he's like, I can't take your baby. Then she hands her baby to Sydney. And I don't know who else she handed her baby to, Jim. Everybody. She everybody. Whoever would take her baby, she was going to give her baby away because she didn't want her baby to, go, to grow up being a slave. So two, about a week later, this is her right here. This is Miriam. And that's the baby she tried to give us. You can see the pain on her face there. And two days later, we were able to rescue her also. And her husband and her two kids. That's the little baby that she tried to give us. And uh, they're living in an apartment now too. And they're living with a pastor. And they're, they're, he has a job in a factory. They're self-sufficient within a week. They're self-sufficient. And that's, that's Wise's team doing that. There's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes, and he has got an amazing team on the ground over there, and they're, they're working hard, and they're a bunch of wonderful, fantastic people, and it's because of their team that we are able to do this. We, we can't do anything from here without their team. Their team sets everything up, and their team does everything. So we're just so thankful for Wise and his team, and uh, we were able to have so much... Uh, impact. You got the one no longer a slave video. Can you play that? If we can get that up. This is a this was a powerful moment. I promised you that I would come back. Here we are. You are no longer a slave. You and your family can leave today. You can leave today. You can leave. You can leave. Go no get your family. You can leave. Because he had no idea that he's going to be released this day. He was just working normally. You can come with us. Take your family. Take your wife. Okay. We'll get you some food. I said, we'll get you some food. <laughs> this was the woman that tried to give us her baby. This was Miriam and her husband. No, this, this was Safdar. This is Safdar. I'm sorry. This is Safdar. And you can see it's pretty desolate out there. And they, they, uh, they make bricks every day. That's what they do. I don't know if you can... If they're, if they're going to pan over the bricks, but you can see there, this are all the bricks that he made just in the last little while. They sit there and make those bricks 12 hours a day. So you can go ahead and cut the video. It's just us walking away. But amazing that we were able to set that family free. And here's the, the great part is that there's, there's room to do more. There's room to rescue more people. And uh, we'll be communicating more about that in the future. Um, tell us a little story or the what happened today. Yeah. This happened today. This happened after we left. So this is the story just happened this morning. Uh, and I usually talk with my brother in the morning to take updates from him what happened over a night. So uh, I saw his message this morning. I woke up and he shared about a story about a brick kiln, the same brick kiln where we just took the gospel, where we baptized 78 people, the same brick kiln where we uh, got Safdar and Maryam and their families out. And the one where we challenged the, the owner. 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think I should tell them about that. <laughs> that so when we were paying the debt amount of Safdar, we were sitting in the room of the brick kiln owner where he sit and like from where he operate everything, where he can monitor people, he has security cameras and all. So we went inside to pay the money and um, like he was counting the money and he closed the account for Safdar. And I, I asked Pastor Bernie, I said, you wanna say something to him? And I could tell he's like, he was quiet and he was looking pretty angry. So I don't know why I asked him, but I, I just said it, I was just respectful. So I said, you wanna say something, something to him? And he, he looked up the scripture and uh, he shared from the gospels where Jesus said that you know, he, he's not pleased. Um, and he, he looked in the eyes of the brick kiln owner and he said, God is not pleased with you. You need to stop what you are doing uh, because he's watching and he's going to judge you. And, and I looked at his face, I was like, what he just said? You know, <laughs> because I was the translator. If anybody is going to be in trouble, first that's me. <laughs> uh, because they have their security too. So. <laughs> He, and he pulled his hair really hard, you know, he, he looked at me, he said, tell him that he offended me. And I, I told Pastor Bernie, he said, well, I don't care, you know. <laughs> he, he, he need to stop what he is doing. So, well, what I shared, one of the things I shared was that the, the wages for, of the laborers that you have cheated is crying out against you and the Lord will judge based on those wages that you have withheld with fraud from the people that are working in your fields. And uh, it's pretty appropriate. Yeah. And it's been like, since we left, the kiln owner did not show up for two weeks. Uh, we were really surprised. I was in touch with Pastor Bernie and with other team. And I was like, I don't know why he's, not, he's just not showing up. And he showed up this morning with his family. And he had his grandson with him. And this brick kilns, they are located like very, very remote places where like a normal person cannot just reach easily or uh, roads are not paved and you have to go like, like two miles distance, you will cover in 55, 60 minutes. This is how bad the roads are. So he, he bring his grandson and his grandson was playing in the fields and he got bit by a snake this morning and it was a poisonous snake because this four years old boy, his body was turning blue and uh, he was making foam out of his mouth and he was uh, not conscious. And the mother of this child started crying and the kiln owner is looking for ambulance, but even if the ambulance will come, it will be too late. So this slaves who's been working here and we just introduced Jesus to, they told their owner to move away and let us see what we can do. So the kiln owner was weeping too and he moved away. And all these believers, they make a circle around this little boy and they raise their hands toward him and they prayed over him and they commanded that poison to be disappeared in Jesus' name and they prayed for his healing and restoration. And they prayed for 10 minutes, it says in the message, and after 10 minutes, 
the little boy, he opened his eyes and the body, which was blue, started to turn normal and he received instant healing and uh, he's like fine now. So we are praising God. So we are praying that this will wake up this brick kiln owner and he'll come to Jesus. That's what we're Amen. praying for. So, yeah, so taking the gospel to such places is not just a one-time thing. You, know, it's, you have no idea, like when you are doing this, that you are actually impacting the generations. Or you are, you are, when you introduce Jesus to someone, like you change their life, yes, but you are changing the whole generation and generations to come. And the kill owner, he had no words to say to these people. And he just, he held his grandson and he left. And we believe, uh, because later in the day, he gave them all food, even though many of them did not meet their quota. So he gave them food and water. So we are seeing a big sign that God is softening his heart. And we are believing for a massive miracle in his life that God will bring him on his knees and he will repent and receive Jesus as personal savior too. Amen, amen. Now, we have been translating Pastor Dwayne's sermons into Urdu, Dari Pashto, and it's been going, in Dari, it's been going on Facebook all over Afghanistan. That's one particular thing. In Urdu, it goes on Shine Star and it goes all over Pakistan. But in, on Facebook, it goes into Dari Pashto because they speak Dari Pashto in Afghanistan. And uh, it's been going through Facebook. Now, since three months, in three months, we have had verified 14 million views of Pastor Dwayne's sermons. And uh, I had one of Jared on there, one of Jake on there, one of me on there, but most of them are Pastor Dwayne. And there's 14 million views of these sermons. It's just amazing. And when I say views, I'm not talking, you know, five seconds, a click through or whatever. No, these are people that are watching it. And go ahead. Yeah, and because people in Afghanistan, they don't have any, uh, like, we can, we are reaching people through audio Bibles, but there is a large number of audience uh, which are educated and use the social media. Uh, we are working on that. And it's been just producing such massive fruit. Um, and like, not just views, but there is several messages we've been received over the last few weeks. Uh, over 5,000 messages. No, 15,000 yeah, messages. 5,000 in one day. Yeah, but we had 15,000 yeah, salvations total, in three months. Where people are sharing their testimonies that, that how they've been receiving healing, you know, one guy who had a cancer tumor on his back, he received healing. One uh, mother, she had a kids who have, uh, one was blind and one was deaf, I think, and the deaf ears opened as she prayed over them. And uh, a lot of like people groups, which are not easy to unreached in, in Afghanistan, we are targeting them through um, social, uh, like social media. And a lot of time, like the government of Afghanistan, because it's in the hands of Taliban, they sh strike down these videos like as we upload, but we are blasting them with the videos. So when they go for one, they have hundreds more. And it's been amazing what God is doing in that region. 
and like just through the technology. So we are really grateful for um, Pastor Duane uh, and his sermons that he is uh, letting us use those in different languages because it's just producing so much fruit in the field. And now we've just, just, we're almost done translating your new life into Dari Pashto, and then we'll start making that available uh, to anyone to download for free too. So they'll have, now they'll have a written version of your new life. So um, between the messages, the your new life, now we're translating other, other um, materials. And so there's a lot of translation work going on right now. We're also distributing uh, the treasure from World Mission. We're distributing those in those countries also. So a, just a tremendous amount of things going on. Um, do you want to talk about the couple of, or like you had about 10 people that said, I received salvation from all those different individuals. We had yeah. direct messages from literally tens of thousands of uh, direct messages from people that thanking us for putting um, the message on. Yeah, so we, we can't share the names or the screenshots on screen because uh, these people are still being discipled in Afghanistan. But this is one of the messages uh, we received. This guy said, I had stage four spinal cancer and doctors gave me six months to live. I stopped on your video on Facebook where you shared about walking with God. It touched my heart and I began to pray at the end of your message in Jesus' name and felt tingling in my body. A week later, my doctors did my tests again and found no cancer. Thank you for speaking life into my dying body. And we've got about five minutes. Can we talk about the one leader that we had that we can't talk a lot about, but we can say a few things. Yes. Can you just talk about that situation? Yeah. We've got to be careful so we don't get anybody hurt. That's all. Um, so uh, in this trip, we, uh, we also got a privilege to meet with one of the really influential leader of Muslim community. Um, and um, he had some questions. So um, my father asked me, he knew that like Pastor Bernie is coming and he heard his sermons and he met him a few times. So he know like who, who is he? And he asked me if he, if he is willing to talk with this, um, this, this person. <laughs> and I asked Pastor Bernie and he said, yes. But after I asked him, I, I thought, why I asked him? You know, because he's so bold when he says some things. And this guy we were going to talk, you know, he's... Um, he's a dangerous person. <laughs> he's a dangerous person. So we, like, all went to his residence, and we all sat down, and uh, he started... No, night before, he, he told me, hey, Vice, get ready, I'm going to speak from the Matthew... And we are going to talk about care for the poor and needy. And so I was all ready. I did my homework. I was like, okay, let's do it. And as we sat down in this leader's house, he, he whispered in my ear. He said, oh, I'm not going to share anything I shared last night with you. <laughs> and I looked pull, at, That's called pulling an audible. <laughs> I looked at him. I was like, I can't say what I said, but I said, oh, no. You know, that's... <laughs> That's not good. Uh, but I'm glad that he was obedient to the Lord. 
and he said what he said because uh, what he shared with this leader uh, that just did something unexpected none of us was even dreaming and that is like this leader he received Jesus Christ right in front of us and uh, like he is so, so highly ranked that uh, that he he has like the whole city and several uh, authorities over his community that over his one word mobs and mobs can gather and they can attack or, or do things whatever he say and when we were sharing the gospel with him um, like I was very numb because the whole time I was just waiting for his response to come because so I was like he is saying what he is saying you know and I can't if he is sharing um, you know word of God I should be uh, accountable and say everything he is saying if I don't I'm you know God is watching so I said everything he is saying and now I'm concerned about the response of the leader you know because they have like you know all, guns all the <laughs> like <laughs> like you know, guns guns and um, <laughs> other things too but yeah. uh, what I was like you know, we hope we can leave this place alive and we sure did because later this leader he asked Pastor Bernie he said now I want you to anoint my house with oil. And he visited every room, anointed his house, uh, his house with oil. And uh, then he uh, shared some of his plans he was planning to do. And um, can't talk about those, but it was pretty horrific what he was planning. But we are so grateful to God that not just him, but over hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people's lives will be saved because of this one person coming to the Lord. It's amazing. He, he, just, he, just gets, he just accepts the Lord and he gets on his phone. I gave him a hug and I called him brother. And he kind of looked at me funny because I gave him a hug. I didn't know if I was supposed to, but you know, like he said, I just do stuff. But and uh, so I give him this hug. He's probably never been hugged by um, someone like me before, but it's okay. Um, he gets on his phone, and I'm thinking, oh, great. He's calling people to come kill me or something, you know. But, um, but no, it wasn't. Ends up he called for um, someone to come, and, he, and then he grabs my arm and just say what you thought because all of a sudden I was gone and I'm walking down this strange yeah. series of alleys by myself and there's nobody we, there so the plan is when you are out there in such extreme places stay together you, it's a bad idea when you go like yourself you know and wandering around so we were all team behind where is Pastor Bernie where is he and we saw him he was going way up there with this uh, new leader who just came to the Lord and we are not fully sure that if he is telling us the truth or he is just playing us. And we were like, all right. <laughs> so I'm walking down this alley and all of a sudden every movie about the Middle East flashes through my mind. The alley, this mangy dog, 
the, the old man sitting on the porch, the little kid looking from behind the curtain, you know, the guy with the gun on the porch. Um, that's all I'm like, oh boy, I'm going to die. But uh, it wasn't what it was. And then we round the corner and I'm thinking, oh, there's going to be three guys that are going to put a hood over my head and that's the end of it. Jesus, I meant well. You know, that was, I already had my speech rehearsed what I was going to say to Jesus. I meant well, Jesus, I really did. But um, it turns out there was a van, a white van, and I thought, oh, great, they're going to stick me in a white van. <laughs> but it turns out it was an ambulance. And uh, he had called to have someone brought there to be prayed for because this person had liver failure. He was septic, and he had a 100-plus fever. He was burning up. And um, so he had another disease also, a very incurable disease that just so happens my own brother-in-law died from. And um, so I know exactly what's going on. So I go in there and I pray over him. And uh, there's my derriere hanging out of the ambulance. Um, but um, I, I pray for the guy. Just pray like I'd pray here. Every organ function to the perfection you created to function with no malfunctions. And every, every disease, every cell that doesn't promote life, die now. That's all I said in Jesus' name. And I got out of there. And by then, these guys had caught up. And we didn't think any more of it. And then what happened, like two days later, we find out. Not two days, it's way long. We find out eight hours ago, eight hours later. Oh. Eight hours later, we, uh, we came back home, I think. And we had another camp to visit. Uh, so we came back home, find out that this guy who is in the ambulance, he's discharged from the hospital. Um, and he has, like I talked with this guy, uh, and he said, he showed me his reports, which says that, you know, liver, normal, his blood looks normal, his fever from 105 to 98.6, and he showed me the reports, and he said, look, what Jesus did for me, you know, and uh, I told Pastor Bernie and the team this testimony that, uh, like, God has saved the life of this guy and his Liver is just, doctor says that like it looks like a new liver. And, and he uh, was, you want to share more? He was not doing good. He was on his way to, they, he would have died. Um, that's the bottom line. He was having liver failure and he was on his way to uh, basically to die. And God totally saved this man's life. And since that happened, a whole bunch of other people have come to know Jesus Christ. Because they all knew he was very sick and God raised him up and then a bunch of other people all got 15 saved. More, yeah. 15 additional people got saved all because of that particular situation. So we have to be very careful because you know this being on the internet and so forth we can't use names and we can't even tell you all the details um, so we're trying to be very careful here but what an incredible thing. Here's what I would say to, to all of us that are listening and anybody that's watching online, I would say this. Jesus is real. He's alive. He's not just something in a book. He is a person. He's, he's risen from the dead. He, his, his role in this earth and what he wants us to do. John 14, 12 says, the things that I have done, you shall do and greater things shall you do because I go to the Father. So what did Jesus do? Let's see, he made the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the dumb to talk, 
right? The blind to see, raise the dead. He did all those things. So if he did all those things, we can do all those things because it's not us doing it. It's him. He's still doing it today. It's still him doing it today. And if you're bored with your Christian life, you aren't doing it right. Let's just face it. If you're bored and you think, oh, this stuff doesn't work, you aren't doing it right. Get around somebody that can help you do it right. Because it's real. And if it's real, it's fun. And it's real fun. So it's fun watching God do amazing things right in front of you. I watched a little kid's foot go like this. It was sitting sideways, locked. We prayed for it, it went like that. And then it went down, then it went like us. It wouldn't even move. But about the third or fourth time after Jim says to me, it's a demon. So I, we bind the devil, and then the thing goes right back up again, where, where it's supposed to be. You know, this has so impacted all of our lives. We'll never be the same. And here's why, because we saw Jesus in a different light, in a different situation. These people... This, this guy, who, this leader who just got saved, listen, he, he just got saved and he says, hey, I'm going to have this dude that just led me to the Lord. I need him to go pray for my dying, bro, my dying person. I, I trust him enough to do that. And then God shows up and saves the guy's life. I mean, that's some pretty amazing stuff. Read the book of Acts and say, God, that's what I want to do with my life. Just read the book of Acts and say, when I walk by somebody, I want you to speak to me and I want to be able to say, rise up and walk or pray for him and watch God do something. That's what I want. I want to stir in you a hunger to to make a difference in the world. Because you know what? From Granville, Michigan, we made a difference in the lives of thousands and thousands of people just in a short while. And here's the reality. It's not about us that are sitting here because you know what? It took all of us together to make this happen. None of this would have happened if the first impressions team hadn't done thing, their thing and if Julie hadn't told her husband and if Wides hadn't talked to his family and all these things had to all happen at the same time. If pastor hadn't been willing to listen in all, and if we hadn't received the money to be able to do all these things. All that stuff happens because every person does their part. So on behalf of Safdar and his family, on behalf of Miriam and her family, on behalf of 2,606 refugees whose lives were literally saved for generations that have been transformed from the hundreds of people in the brick kilns, the hundreds of people in the, in the slums, and the other people in the, in the area that were impacted, I want to say on their behalf, thank you. Thank you for doing what you know to do and helping us reach these people. So bow your heads, close your eyes if you would, just for a moment. I just wonder if there's anyone here this evening or watching online and you say, you know, I, I hear you talking about all that, but I've never seen something like that happen and I'm not sure if I believe you. That's fair. I don't mind. I'm not threatened by your, by your skepticism, not in the least, not a problem. However, I would say to you, look in your Bible. Is, is God the same? Is he the same God as he was 
in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and look at what Jesus did. Look at what the disciples did. Look at the book of Acts and then say, does my life reflect that kind of life? And if not, and maybe you don't even know Jesus. Maybe you're sitting here and you say, I'm not sure if I'm even, if I'm even right with God. And I would just like to make two challenges today. First challenge, if you, if you are not right with God tonight and you would like to get right with God, if you say, I need to get right with God, I need to know that my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I need to be sure that I am going to heaven. If I would die, I'd know I'd go to heaven. If that's you and you say, I don't know, but I need to know, lift up your hand. I'm going to pray with you. Today, you can know that you're going to heaven. Today, you can know that you're right with God. If that's you, just lift up your hand. You want to get right with God. You want to get right with God. Everybody's right with God on a Sunday night. What's that? Oh, we got some? Okay, there we go. Let's Let's pray right now. Y'all pray with all of us. You pray with us. We're going to pray a simple prayer and we're going to pray the prayer of salvation. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice that paid for my sin. I have sinned and I ask you to forgive me. And I make Jesus Lord of my life. I will live for him every day. I ask you to fill me with the Spirit. Lead me and guide me in your will today and forevermore in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the second thing I want to ask, and if you just say, I feel a, a stirring on the inside of me. I feel like a, I'm, I'm stirred up. I, I feel like I, I, want to, I want to just go to take the next step with God. And uh, you can just stay right in your seats, but I just want to pray a, a prayer of impartation, just of just a zeal for the lost, because the lost are everywhere. They're not just in Pakistan. They're in Granville. They're in Wyoming. They're in Grand Rapids and Byron Center and Hudsonville. Yes, even Hudsonville has lost people. And it's our job to reach our generation. See, we aren't called to reach the, the generation from the 1800s nor from the 2100s. We're called to reach this generation. And if you say, I just, I just want to acknowledge, I want just a, a, a boost of zeal to reach the lost today. That's me. Lift up your hand and I'm going to just pray a prayer today. And I'm just going to ask God to touch and just stir you up in your inner man. Father, I thank you that those that have lifted their hands, Father, I ask you to touch them right now. Just touch them with the fire that they can see what's possible if they'll just partner with you. What is planned by your Holy Spirit if we'll just cooperate with you. It is such an incredibly great life if we'll just partner with you. So Father, these that have raised their hands, I thank you that you are bringing an impartation of zeal, a hunger for the lost, a hunger for your word, and Father, effectiveness in sharing the gospel in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org 
follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.